0: This is what we have to do every time, even after a vote where people are sick and tired of the establishment, they're sick and tired of the squeezy, middle-of-the-road, squishy kind of Republican rhinos, and we vote conservatives in, then we have to fight tooth and nail in D.C. to actually be heard within the Republican Party. This is the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Yes, it is. What's up? Welcome into it. Hey, happy post-Christmas day. Happy Tuesday. Kind of throwing me off a little bit already because of the holiday yesterday. Everything closed, enjoying the family time a little bit yesterday. We'll talk about that in just a second. Back at it, kind of. It's a quasi-week. It's the week that you wish didn't really happen. You want to skate through it. Hopefully, you don't have to go to work too much. Hopefully, you've taken some time off and you can ride through until New Year's and really kick back into gear next week. If you're doing that, we'll try and keep you somewhat entertained over the next couple days. So welcome into it. This is The Voice of Reason. I'm Andy Hoosier, broadcasting live out of the heart of the nation here in Wichita, Kansas, on our flagship radio station. The Big Talker KQAM out of Wichita. We have great radio stations all over the place. So wonderful to have you along with us today as your Millennial General reports back for duty after the Christmas celebration. And yes, we are back at it live. Here for a Tuesday. It was a wonderful Christmas weekend. Thank you for asking. Hopefully, it was for you as well. Merry Christmas to you if you got to enjoy all the family and friends. I, it's hard. It's hard in this type of industry to actually, you know, tune out completely. But I did get to enjoy a little bit. Got to rest some yesterday, which was nice. Of obviously, a little voice of reason. She was jumping onto the bed at six o'clock in the morning, ready to wake up, ready to go, and open presents. So we had to do that, and it was fantastic. She got to enjoy some stuff. I got to enjoy some stuff. Mrs. Voice of Reason got to enjoy some stuff. So we turned on some movies. We turned on some music. We ate some great food. It was just overall all a wonderful time, and hopefully you got to do the same. But here in the mid- middle of the country, too, with Flyover Nation in Kansas, we're actually getting snow, which the first time we've gotten a white Christmas in a while. Now, it wasn't like a foot of snow. It was just kind of a dusting, but nonetheless, the fact that we got some snow wasn't bad as well. So really kind of set the mood. For the Christmas time, had the lights all all out uh, outside and the tree inside. Now we get to have the fun time by tearing down the Christmas decorations. I told Mrs. Voice of Reason that this year I really think we need to just light everything in green because green goes well for Christmas, but also we can just carry it on until St. Patrick's Day in March. And therefore, if we're going to put them up, at least make it worth it by letting them run for a while. So I I don't know if she'll let me do that, but I'm going to push for it. That's my goal. That's my goal. I'm sticking to it. By golly, I am the man of the house. I make these manly decisions of the house. I tell my family what's up, as long as she allows me to do so. As long as she tells me it's quite okay. See, I may be young, I may be a millennial, but I have learned very early on, happy wife, happy life, and we're going to continue that one on. So welcome into the program. Bottom of this hour, we have Phil Kirpin. He's with American Commitment. We'll have him on the program. The FCC, while we're on vacation mode... The FCC is looking to try and regulate Wi-Fi and Internet connections for everybody, trying to add some more regulation, because why not? We see some sketchiness with Wi-Fi. We see sketchiness with the rural broadband that we're seeing across the nation in this push to try and make it into a mandatory utility and have the government regulate it more so, kind of like with our oil and natural gas and Our electricity, which works out wonders, right? You can totally call up your electric company and say, I don't want to use your services anymore because you're way too expensive. I'm going to go to a competitor and I'm going to get some better rates. (laughs) You can totally do that, right? Oh, yeah, that's right. No, we have a monopoly, which I thought we weren't allowed to do in industries. But apparently you can have that when you have that quasi private sector partnering with the public sector to say it's a mandatory utility and therefore you get one company in your area, the government dictates what they're going to do, they set the rates to make as much profit as they want to, and we have very little say in it unless they want the electricity turned off in your home. So we're going down that road with the interweb, with this push for rural broadband, which is going to be hilarious while the federal government continues to consolidate power and regulate another entire industry. So we'll have some fun conversation about that here in just a little bit. I hope you had a great Christmas. I love coming back and watching some of the ridiculous stories that go on, like this one, where apparently a woman is arrested for beating up her husband or her boyfriend. Was it to, they don't say in this their significant other with a Christmas tree? Say what I know. That's a perfect way to come back after the holiday. Like it's supposed to be the family time, it's supposed to be happy hunky dory, singing kumbaya, opening presents, you know, singing carols. It's a great time. Until Florida man comes by or Florida woman comes by in the headlines with the courts filing against a 20 year old woman who, quote, repeatedly beat her boyfriend with a Christmas tree during a pre-dawn skirmish in Florida's residence on Christmas Eve, according to the court filings. 20-year-old Miracle Rivera and victim 24-year-old man engage in a verbal altercation Sunday morning around 3 a.m. When he went to go sleep on the couch, when he awoke to her beating him with a Christmas tree, they did not say the size (laughs) of the actual Christmas tree. Yeah, there you go. Merry Christmas to you. I'm sure that brings the festive holidays. That's a tradition in the house. You know, it's a customary tradition that every year the woman beats the man with a Christmas tree to bring in the new year and to kick off the Christmas season and to welcome in new vibrations and and new harmony and good luck for for the next year. Again, the man that totally has control of that house as long as she allows him to do so. we can go after I guess the media because that's just what we like to do talking about ways to demonize Elon Musk and others Donald Trump Elon Musk and other conservatives out there because why the heck not there was a headline I don't know if you've seen this out of the Daily Mail that talked about a robot that attacked a Tesla worker uh, yeah I, Do it again. I know let's go ahead and read that one here shall we again these headlines are hilarious we have some playing and catching up to do after the holiday break A Tesla robot, quote, in all caps, according to the Daily Mail, attacks an engineer at a company's Texas factory at Tesla during a violent malfunction, leaving, quote, a trail of blood and forcing workers to hit the emergency shutdown button. Now, when you read that headline, what comes to mind? Obviously, like Terminator, the end of the world, the machines are beginning to revolt, that the machines are now attacking the humans, Now, if you actually read the story a little bit deeper, you realize that's not the case. They weren't making an actual AI robot that was talking to someone and then attacked them. In fact, it was a machine that's supposed to grab, like, cans or something that malfunctioned and ended up grabbing this guy, and the headline for the media is to, quote, attack the engineer. Now, why would they do such a thing? Why would they try to mislead you? Not only for the clickbait, for you to be like, oh, my gosh, what? But it's also with the demonization of Elon Musk and those conservatives as well, because, as you know, they're on a tirade against him about anything negative with Tesla or SpaceX or anything bad that could possibly happen to Elon Musk, they're going to find a way to go after him because of his free speech adamancy for Twitter, or what is now X, and allowing individuals to have a platform that the media, that the Democrats, that the progressives don't necessarily like. So, of course, they're going to find a way to go after him. So this is a little bit deeper than I think just the basic clickbait of let's find out what this story's all about. So, again, with the... This machine attacks an engineer. If you actually read the story, it was at the Giga Texas factory near Austin, where two witnesses watched in horror as their fellow employee was attacked by a machine designed to grab and move freshly cast aluminum car parts. The robot had pinned the man, who was then programming software for the two to disable Tesla robots nearby, before sinking its metal claws into the worker's back and arm, leaving a, quote, trail of blood along the factory surface. So, it malfunctioned. It wasn't intending to attack somebody. It wasn't conscious or AI like the media tries to hype it up to be. Period. End of story. Just a horrible workplace incident, and he's going to be out for a while. We have to call these out, man, because if we don't, they're going to stick on these headlines, and the headlines are going to stick to everybody, and then you're going to say, well, Elon Musk is creating machines that are going to attack human beings. Well, that's not the case, so just a little tidbit for you there. The, The next couple of days over the program, we're going to be focusing on maybe like the outlook of 2024, a recap of 2023. We're going to have some fun doing that. But I did see something that is actually quite interesting going into today. With our real story, what's trending today? <laughs> that was our catch up, the last couple of stories. Our catch up for the last uh, Christmas weekend. Now here's what's really going on is according to Fox Business, uh, the new IRS tax brackets are officially out in 2024 and showing what tax brackets you may see. And if you see any difference in saving some money with the deductions or auto deductions or standard deductions from your taxes going into the new year. And if you're going to see any money saved in your pocket or not, I don't know that it's necessarily going to help a lot of people, but I guess it's good news. And my question always comes up is why now? And how many people are actually going to be aware of this until they actually see it on their taxes and their tax returns in April? Or if the Biden administration is running a campaign on this to talk about how great the economy is and how he's putting money back in your pocket. Here's what the headline says, according to Fox Business, is that the standard deduction was raised by near five and a half percent going into 2024, meaning that you have. A higher threshold before you just qualify for the standard deduction, which means that you have more money in your pocket before that tax rate ends up going out, which is good news for some, for a lot of people. But how many people will know about it, and will this be used on the campaign trail for something a little more malicious? Now, according to the reports in Fox News, they say the IRS does this on semi-frequent occasion to adjust for inflation or consumer spending or whatever's going on out there or just uh, average salaries that are out there. And therefore, that way we can try and stay on top of these things. The IRS announced that the higher limits for the federal income tax bracket and standard deduction came out in November as they say the increase is intended to avoid a phenomenon known as, quote, bracket creep, which happens when taxpayers are pushing into higher income brackets even though their purchasing power is essentially unchanged. Very significant line there, right? We have to remember that under the Biden administration right now, which has been hiding and we haven't heard a whole lot from them right now, right?
1: I want to be clear. I'm not going nuts.
0: Just to be sure that while we haven't heard much from the Biden administration, they've talked about how wages are going up, how consumer spending is all great, how we're spending more money than what we are anticipated. We have uh, saved ourselves from a recession of 2023 or a depression of potentially 2024, because while inflation may try to be coming down, we're still roughly 20 percent above The past three years under the Biden administration and consumer spending continues to climb. Now, we have to qualify that and let you know, like we said, I believe last week, whenever it was last time we were on the air, where we said that while spending may be higher, we're capping out our credit cards because credit card debts have come to over a trillion dollars for the first time in U.S. history as a U.S. household debt, which is kind of insane. So we're trying to keep our regular standard of living while everything's more expensive. We're spending more for those goods and trying to maintain it as opposed to working on ways to cut back. Why? Because we don't want to cut back our lifestyle. Why? Because the majority of it, my generation, doesn't want to lose that lifestyle because, well, they're, they think that they shouldn't have to give up anything and they should get anything they want to because, by golly, YOLO, baby, you only live once and therefore why not just live your life in debt? Totally okay. So credit card debt's going up. While the government's like, oh, yeah, consumer spending's doing great. Don't worry about it. So now we're realizing, oh, yeah, consumer spending kind of leveling off. We're really not seeing a major increase in this. However, we don't want what they call the bracket creep with higher income brackets and essentially spending being unchanged right now. So the average deduction increase is going up near 5.4%, meaning... It will rise to $29,200, which is up from $27,700 in 2024 for married couples filing jointly. If you file and you just get the standard deduction, that deduction is going to start now at $29,200 as opposed to $27,700. For single individuals, the maximum will be at $14,600, up from the $13,850. Heads of household, uh, standard deduction jump $21,900 up from the $20,800. They also released a lot of the tax brackets for individuals. And the tax brackets are, I mean, obviously I don't think they've really changed, but uh, they range anywhere between $11,000 all the way up to $600,000, where you're paying anywhere from 10% to 37%. That's for individuals. The uh, Those filing jointly go from 10% to 37% that start at 23000 and go up to $731,000. Would it be simpler to go to what we've talked about before, either a fair tax or a flat tax? Many states are trying to work on that at a statewide level. And with the legislative session starting next month and just a couple of weeks in your local state, fill in the blank wherever that may be, will you be working on a potential flat tax opportunity and what would that look like? We'll do some of that when we come back for a Tuesday on The Voice of Reason.
1: This is The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Fighting for freedom every day. This is the voice of reason
0: with Andy Hoosier. Yes, it is. Welcome back into it. Twenty-four minutes past the hour. Radio, TV, live streaming, podcasting. So great to be back with you. I've missed you for the last few days. I have to apologize as well. Those that maybe didn't get a chance to listen to our Christmas special that we do every single year. We did it both on Friday for the weekday program and our syndicated program on the weekend. We did all different audio bits, all different sound clips for our holiday episode. I totally didn't get a chance to upload those onto the podcast, so I got those up today. If you want to listen to them, you can go back and listen to them now on any of your favorite podcasting radio sites, uh, on Amazon, TuneIn, Google Play, doesn't really matter. Find us at The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier, and you can download any of those uh, favorite podcasts, any of the episodes that you've missed. Maybe you want to replay them. Great interviews that we've had or conversations that we've had talking about certain topics. There was, back in the day, like way back, I'm talking like, you know, when cassettes were a big thing, which (laughs) now some of the younger kids are like, what's that, right? When cassette thinks they were like a piece of tape that would be in this little thing, and you would record stuff on them, and you could record the radio sometimes. I know I had a my English teacher in in high school, one of my favorite teachers. He was the one that helped get me into politics actually in the first place. One of my very influential teachers. We call him Browner. Uh, Mr. Brown was his name, and he I remember when I told him I was first getting into radio and that I was going to be interning for one of my icons, Mike Rosen out of KOA in Denver, Colorado. I told him that I was going to be interning for him because to, to them and to people in Colorado that don't know, he was kind of a legend. He was he had filled in for Rush Limbaugh a couple of times. He was the head talk show host in the entire state. Everybody in their kitchen sink, even if you didn't listen to talk radio, knew who Mike Rosen was. Kind of a big deal. And I had the pleasure to intern him for a little bit. And I, I went back to my old school and I had told my teacher because I knew he was such a fan. And he had shown me in his car he had all of his shows his radio shows on tape that he had recorded from the radio and he had organized them based on topics that Mike Rosen had talked about yeah pretty crazy like he loved the guy so when it, before i left i got an actual article one of his famous articles that he had written in the in the newspaper there locally in Denver. had it signed for him. I gave it to him. It was a great time. But if you want to go back, if you if you dork like that for my show, then you can do that and you can actually download our shows based on topics and themes that we like to talk about on the show. And obviously, as you know, one of those is the economy and taxes because they're not going to get away with this. You know what's going to happen when they do this raising of the tax deduction, standard deduction for your taxes. And it's going to save everybody just a little bit of cash before you actually you know start getting into the actual deduction, the standards. There, that means that you're going to save more money. And you know what's going to happen here. You already know the game. This is how they play. This is how sleazy that politicians are in general. The progressives are even more so than the standard politician. Is that the Biden administration is going to run on this campaign telling you that, hey, we saved you money. If you have more money in your pocket, if you're getting a bigger tax return this year, Thank me because I saved you cash. We got inflation down. We got gas prices at a decent price. We have more money in your pocket with the standard deduction being raised. It was all me, 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 me. Now, this is a standard thing that IRS normally does, but they're already trying to say, oh, look, the economy is doing well because you're spending money. Oh, look. We already got gas prices down to a reasonable level again, and the polls are already starting to show that people's anger at the economy are starting to cool down, which means they're going to be more complacent going into election season in 2024. They don't care if they get to that point to where they've forgotten, because remember, in politics, we have a short-term memory for a lot of us many on the other side of the aisle, the general population that may not follow politics as deeply as some of us, they don't care. As long as the economy is doing well, as long as they're not angry that I can't afford to live right now, they don't really care. And it really does turn a lot of people off from actually turning out to the polls and making drastic changes in the nation. And they kind of want to go with the status quo. So the Biden administration, while they haven't talked about, quote unquote, Bidenomics really for the past few months, they have been working really hard to artificially inflate the economy to make it look decent with consumer spending up even though it's through credit cards and increasing debt gas prices coming down even though it's in spite of because oil companies are doing their own thing and the economy cooling off because of them printing money and ingesting it into the economy it's going to burst but will it burst before or after the election of next year that's the big question the
1: voice of reason with andy hoosier reason meets radio this is the voice of reason with andy hoosier yes indeed it is welcome
0: back into it so wonderful to have you with us here for the ride on a post christmas on a tuesday moving through we're in that quandary right now i still want to be in holiday mode because christmas is over but new year's is right around the corner we'll get back to the main work next week We'll get back to the hard grind next week. We're just going to coast for the next couple of days. And you know what? If you're able to do that, I salute you, my friends, because that's the way it should be. We have to have that time. Take a breather, reset, reground, and get ready for year 2024. We are talking about the different tax brackets. The Biden administration obviously going to be pushing how great they've been able to save people money, how consumer spending's up right now, how the anger with the is slowly beginning to dwindle, and if they can continue that trend into election time, then it's going to be more likely that people are more complacent to either not show up and vote because they really don't want a drastic change or just to vote for the status quo, which would be a re-election of the Democrats or Joe Biden or whatever it may be, which is what they're hoping for. I don't know that they're necessarily going to get it, but it is going to be interesting with the latest poll showing that the concern of the economy is slowly beginning to at least ease itself a little bit. And I don't know how long that will last when they start to realize the truth, but nonetheless, that's where we're at right now. At the same time, we have some states starting to work on ideas of a flat tax. I know we tried it here in Kansas, where my flagship is, and a few other states are looking at that for their 2024 legislative sessions as well. We'll talk about that here in just a bit, but I wanna shift gears a little bit here and get to our latest and what's trending what's trending today happy to have this guy back on the program we live giving on on a semi-frequent occasion president of american commitment you can find them online mr phil Kirp. And phil how are you my friend uh,
1: i'm doing great andy
0: how are you Hey, okay, doing great merry christmas happy new year to you it is so hard at this time of year right now because everybody wants to still just take that breather and enjoy the holiday mode but there's a lot of stuff going on right now isn't there
1: you know, a lot of the worst things happen when people are busy and not paying <laughs> attention. Uh, you know, they, you know, so it's uh, they always like to, you know, how they like to put the craziest, worst federal regulations out, like on a Friday afternoon. They like to do the ones that are even worse than that. They do it right before a holiday, or even sometimes during a holiday. So, yeah, I try to keep my eyes peeled to what's going on during these uh, sort of so-called down periods, and uh, you know, I'd say there usually are still things going on, and uh, of course. Um, you know, as always, we got you know there was a bunch of i r s rules that were dumped at the last minute I haven't even really gone through them all yet, so I look they they it in Leviathan never sleeps uh, and never takes a break. Unfortunately,
0: yeah, that is unfortunate. We were just talking about some of the changes from the IRS, uh, raising the standard deduction up by about five and a half percent. Which, of course, you know, that's going to be used on the campaign trail next year, saying that, well, look at that, we saved you money. You have more money on your tax return. You have less money being taxed. And they're going to parade this up. It's nothing that's really out of the ordinary because they're just uh, trying to, you know, keep up with spending versus, uh, you know, salary raises or medium wages or inflation or whatever they're doing. But it is interesting that we're raising this now conveniently at a time when people are becoming a little bit more relaxed on the economy.
1: Well, it's an inflation adjustment. But, I mean, the idea that a politician should get, like, positive credit because uh, the standard deduction was adjusted for the rate of inflation from the previous year... Uh, even though it was that, pol- that politician's policies that caused that inflation, and even though you know you already got hammered the year that the inflation happened and you didn't get any relief on your taxes that year, you're getting it the next year. I mean, I think, yeah, they'll make that argument, but I'm not sure how much headway they're going to make with that.
0: Yeah, it is unfortunate. I know you've been talking and following kind of another story as well that doesn't make a lot of the news, but it affects everybody, and I don't know why what the FCC does doesn't actually make as much Headway or at least a newsworthiness is what it probably should when we look at, you know, the censorship of certain content online or we look at TV, we look at radio industries, we look at the interweb in general. Because we we have this massive push right now, Phil, for this rural broadband, which we need to get farmers and agriculture out there and, and have access to Wi-Fi and Internet and high speed Internet for small towns all over the nation. And I get that. I, I understand that we need to have that because times are changing and you're kind of left behind if you don't have that. At the same time, Phil, I know we're going down this road and I'm scared to death about this direction because soon they're already talking about Internet being a mandatory utility, which means we're going to see what we see with like our electric company. You don't have any competition. They can charge you whatever the hell they want to charge you with it because they don't have any competitors and they're just completely, you know, in control of the federal government with their consolidated power. And it's going to be crappy service from there on out because they can do really whatever the heck they want to do. That's my fear with this rural broadband push. Are you, are you seeing the same thing right now?
1: Yeah, I'm very concerned about that. Look, I mean, they're going to spend $65 billion under the so-called bipartisan infrastructure law on uh, broadband subsidies. And uh, there's already a huge strike against uh, the Biden administration in terms of the, uh, the whole idea of subsidized broadband because they just disqualified Elon Musk's uh, SpaceX Starlink uh, product from getting subsidies, so they actually revoked a $900 million grant that the company had already received, and as far as anyone I know can tell, they did it because they don't like his politics. There's no other reason. I mean, there's there's no logic... Uh, You know, there are lots of locations where that's going to be the best service that you can get, as opposed to, you know, stringing out miles and miles and miles of lines to somebody who's on a mountaintop or what have you. But now the government's saying, no, satellite, uh, no, because we don't like the guy who runs that company. That doesn't qualify. So that's a pretty big black mark against this whole enterprise. And the other thing that I find very disturbing is that having now committed a massive amount of taxpayer dollars. They're saying it doesn't matter if their regulations discourage private investment. And they actually have a paragraph. (coughs) Excuse me. They've got a new rulemaking to bring back Obama's deranged uh, net neutrality hope. Yeah. Yeah. Which is crazy because that deregulation was maybe the most successful deregulation in history. Private investment went way up. Speeds, on average, tripled. And people paid less rather than more. None of the negative things that were predicted happen. You got maybe the most successful deregulation in history. They want to reverse it. They've got a paragraph in there, in their proposed rule, where they basically say, you know, a lot of people say that regulating the Internet will lead to less private investment, but that doesn't really matter because we've got $65 billion in tax money. This is basically, I mean, that's a paraphrase, but that's basically what they're saying. And, you know, you look at a situation where you're going to have. Government, heavy government regulation, less private investment, more and more taxpayer dollars replacing it, politicized decision making in terms of how those tax dollars flow. Does anyone think that they're not going to start, uh, censoring content and controlling how the network is used? And say, oh, this is a government network that's built with government dollars and we've got to regulate it in the public interest. I just think it's such a dangerous path to go down, especially when what they are trying to displace was a total success. You know, the free market approach we have in the U.S. where the phone and the cable guys and then, you know, the wireless and the satellite guys as well in many places are competing tooth and nail on price and uh, on speed and everything else. We haven't, we don't, we, no place else in the world has that. Yeah. The rest of the world, they have monopoly providers. And, you know, when, when, for instance, the lockdowns hit, in Europe, they had to call, the regulators had to call up YouTube and had to call up Netflix and say, throttle your streams down resolution your streams or the whole network's going to break that didn't happen in the u.s In the u.s we had lots of capacity because you had private competitors that had an incentive to build all that capacity and so they're trying to end maybe the greatest deregulatory success story of recent years and uh, they're trying to do it i think because they want political control of the internet So i think it should be very frightening to everyone
0: Yeah, it's very scary. Phil, I remember when the Internet first started, I was actually the last generation that lived without the Internet in our lives and our face the entire time growing up. But at the same time, I remember when it first got started, it was the Wild West. It was you can find anybody that has any interest that you possibly could think of, weird, strange, or obscure that you could find, and you could find a community of those people on the Internet. You could post anything that you wanted to. It was truly the next pioneer, the next uh, open zone for you to go out and explore nowadays it's completely different you can't do that if you say something cross against somebody that feels quote unquote offended by something on a social media site on a blog on a website on an internet streaming site you're done you can't get your website back i mean that's, I, I don't understand why that's allowed or how that's even okay
1: well we're going to get a very interesting supreme court uh case that's going to be heard in this next term called missouri v biden that's going to get at a lot of these issues because, uh, you're absolutely right on uh, the big tech companies, not the phone and the cable companies, uh, that the FCC is obsessed with, but the big tech companies. And by that, I mean, Google slash YouTube, uh, and, uh, Facebook and, uh, you know, Google and, uh, you know, pre, pre-Musk Twitter, uh, you know, there's no question that they had massive censorship of conservatives on election stories, on COVID stories, and uh, the, the legal question, the constitutional question, which is a very important one, is to what extent were they acting at the request of the government? And we have an enormous amount of evidence now that it was government employees that were asking these companies to suppress speech that they were opposed to, so to suppress speech that was not what the regime wanted. And if that's the case, as it certainly appears to be, that's a massive First Amendment violation, and that can't be tolerated. And I'm a big free market guy. And I think, you know, if private companies are doing outrageous things and suppressing people's speech, I'm against it. But, you know, okay, they did it with their own thing. Uh, They can face competition in the marketplace. But when government is telling them to do it, that's a different thing entirely from a constitutional standpoint, and there need to be consequences. So this is going to be a very important case, I think, at the Supreme Court. And uh, regardless of what happens in that case, I would really like to see legislation passed, and Jim Jordan has a bill that would do this, but I would like to see legislation passed that would make the individual government employees that direct private companies to limit people's free speech uh, to be held accountable for that and uh, to not just lose their jobs but be held criminally responsible for violating people's First Amendment rights.
0: Yeah, I would love that. We're talking with Phil Kirpin with American Commitment. You can find him online uh, as well. This is a huge one, like you said, this this lawsuit, because I thought there's a lot of legalities and constitutional issues regarding the internet regarding their regulation not just on the internet but i think in general as we kind of reference with utilities as a whole i thought phil that we were supposed to have non-monopolies in certain industries and that would be one of them as well are we going down that road i want to talk about that when we come back with phil kirpin got to take a hard break here right around the corner we'll talk about what the future of the internet may look like What could this be? If they go down, if they repeal this and bring back net neutrality, if they control the Internet, what does the Internet look like 10 years down the road? Lots more coming up. Stay here. Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier.
1: Fighting for freedom every day. The Voice of Reason
0: with Andy Hoosier. Yes, it is. Welcome back into it. Man, it's hard to believe time's almost over already. Oh, how it flies right on by. We're in our post to Christmas in the limbo between Christmas and New Year's, but a lot going on. Be aware of what's going to happen in 2023. We're hanging out with Phil Kirpin right now, American Commitment. I want to go down the road of just uh, speculation for just a moment. Let's say that they do what they're trying to do. They implement net neutrality again, which completely devastated the private investment online and how well we actually can search the interweb and google or whatever you do uh fill in the blank on search engines that you can create websites and actually get traffic there that uh, you can actually have freedom of speech and say what you need to on a blog on a youtube channel or on a twitch channel or uh, on a social media channel like facebook or twitter or x now which obviously elon musk is being kind of the focus there elon musk is now one of the most hated people in the world uh, despite you know aside from maybe donald trump Uh, because of the fact that he just advocates for freedom of speech, period, end of story. And just like you mentioned, Phil, that right now we have the government going after him by starting lawsuits with uh, with BrainLink and with SpaceX and with Tesla. They're recalling vehicles unnecessarily with Tesla because of some of the autopilot stuff that's going on. Uh, Like you said, they're not giving him the subsidies for Starlink. They're finding every way to just beat him down little by little by little, Let's go into the speculation for a moment. Let's look and say if they re-implement net neutrality, if they silence a lot of freedom of speech on the Internet and uh, control the content moving forward, they continue with this expansion of quote-unquote rule broadband and broadband access, and we make it into a mandatory utility company. What are we going to see here? Are we going to see like one- Uh, like one internet service provider in your area and that's the only one you can get just kind of like your electric company and if you don't like it you have to move to another area but we're going to regulate it we're going to charge you what uh we deem necessary and that's it and if you don't like it then get off the internet and just be out of the loop in 2024 i mean is that what our future beholds potentially moving forward
1: sorry andy i'm uh losing my signal a little bit
0: Uh uh-oh uh you s- you still with me? Uh, you still hear me? Yeah, I can got you. Still you. Hear me? I got you. You, uh, you bet. you better. Okay,
1: so there's one other piece of this puzzle that we didn't mention, which is the FCC's also got this digital discrimination rule where they're Uh-oh. protecting on any protected group. Race, sex, gender, etc., etc., etc. So they've also brought the cultural Marxist overlay to all of this. And I think when you add all of this up, You end up with a regime where, you know, you might have one provider, you might have more than one, but uh, they're going to be heavily regulated and effectively controlled by government bureaucrats, and they're going to be required to be, uh, you know, to be in line with woke ideology, and if uh, they're out of line, they'll get punished, and so they probably rarely will be out of line. And, of course, they're going to uh, be asked from time to time to block you know, dangerous content. We can't have, uh, we can't have climate denialism. That's very dangerous. We can't have, uh, election denialism. That's very dangerous. And so I think we're headed to down a path where information may be tightly controlled because you're going to have networks that are controlled by economic regulators who have the ability to impose. Control. Wow.
0: Well, oh, I think we just lost you there, Phil. So I, uh, that- it's a scary thought. It's a really scary thought. I don't know if you're still with us, Phil, or not. We got to wrap up here in just a moment as well. My next question would be: Is if we go down this road with pure regulation, the way that they're trying to do, how much of this is tied into ESG when they try to? give even business if a private business is doing an online shop selling products or if they're on there as a content creator and how much of this will esg fall into this category of regulation they already talked about having ai kind of self-control on what businesses will be allowed to apply for government grants or applications for certain government contracts that sort of thing and uh, i'm wondering on how much esg is going to fall into this as well phil i don't know if you can still hear me but uh, do you think that's going to be a part of this
1: well, I think if they finalize this so-called digital discrimination rule, that could be a huge part of it because they'll have created for themselves, well, I mean, you know, not even really created for themselves. Congress kind of gave the green light to this because they have this idiotic paragraph in that bipartisan infrastructure bill, the same one with the $65 billion for broadband. They've got this paragraph that's like, it's kind of like, oh, the FCC should make sure there's no discrimination on the Internet. It's like, okay, great. Well, they, they, they take this paragraph and they're like, well, we don't find any intentional discrimination. We're concerned about unintentional discrimination. And so we're going to regulate any business practice that has in, in a disparate impact on any protected group. And, you know, once they open that door and they're proposing to do just that, well, I mean, yeah. you can regulate almost anything. It's in endless. In the name of it's going to have a
0: disparity. It's completely endless. Yeah, the the door is unlimited on what they can do to try and control and tell you that you're not victimized enough. Therefore, you're not going to have full access to what you want to get. Phil, we're out of time, my friend. Happy New Year. Merry Christmas to you. Can't wait to talk to you again here in 2024, my friend.
1: All right. Have a good one.
0: Hey, appreciate it as always. There it is. We're done for today. Back at it again tomorrow for a Wednesday. Until then, this is The Voice of Reason. I'm Andy Hooger. We'll see you on the radio.